Welcome to Into the Wormhole with Larissa and Lauren. I'm Larissa Maestro, and we are still missing my number one, Lauren Lowen. She is on maternity leave. So I thought it would be cool, since this is kind of our holiday episode, I guess. Um, probably the last episode of the year. I don't know. Uh, that <laughs> I would invite a very special guest uh, on the show, my sister, Amanda. Yay! Hi! Your original number one. My original, my, yes, my OG number one. <laughs> <laughs> the first one. The very L- first The literal one. first one. <laughs> uh, so for those of you who have uh, been listening to the podcast a little bit, um, you might remember remember me saying that I was raised a Trekkie, and now we can confirm this. This is true. <laughs> This is true. We grew up mostly watching Next Gen. Yep, that was our that's our trek. Picard mm-hmm. is our captain. Yep, that's that's pretty much how that goes. So, do you want to um, just talk a little bit about yourself and what you do and what your relationship is to Star Trek? Sure. So, I am Larissa's younger sister by yeah. two years. Um, So basically, we're the same age. Basically, yeah. I am a board-certified music therapist and have been working um, in pediatric medical settings and hospice and end-of-life care for most of my career. Um, And I am currently, we recently just moved back to upstate New York. We were living in, in Salt Lake City for the last 13 years. So it is our return to the Shire. Oh my God, 13 years. <laughs> 13 years. That, I mean, yep. that means I've been living in Nashville for 13 years. Yep. That's fucking weird. Crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Okay, so my relationship to Star Trek, I mean, obviously started on our family futon in the 90s, watching Next Generation together. Um, probably in like, the 80s, actually. Probably in the late 80s. Probably. I mean, I don't remember you don't remember it yeah I don't really remember I don't think that we were watching too much tv when I was five but I remember um our mom definitely had a crush on Riker oh yeah yeah and Picard and Picard too yeah Yeah. I remember I remember her saying that Picard was sexy and I remember thinking when she said that but he's like my (laughs) (laughs) great-grandfather But now you get it. But now I totally get it. <laughs> now I'm like Picard in the onesie before, you know, like the tight onesie one. I'm like, hi. Or his like, off-duty gonna... shirts, right? right? With a low V-neck. Yes, yes, yes. Anything that's like short shorts and sparkly, you know. What he wore in Rise Captain's Holiday. Oh, yeah. Captain's Holiday. Mm-hmm. That's exactly yep. what I was going to yep. say. <laughs> The short shorts, yeah. When he's sunbathing and reading that very old book. (laughs) I'm like, that's the kind of man that I would like to meet. (laughs) (laughs) What? This is what Star Trek has done to us. It's it's true. It's true. (laughs) Given us unreal uh, expectations of sexiness. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> or just or just like that doesn't exist in the real world. It does not. It does not. <laughs> that that sexiness is not realistic. Oh, but no. I I so besides like growing up watching Next Gen, I feel like my um uh discovery with the rest of the Star Trek series came actually like much later, probably like late high school. Yeah. Early college. And I, yeah. I think that was probably when we had access to be able to watch things. Yeah. So that's when I, I dove in and watched all of the series. So. So <laughs> today uh, I thought I thought this was a, a cool idea. We, we had talked about just like picking um, like sibling pairs from the Trek universe and talking about them. But then we both uh, started talking about the episode dark page, um, which I kind of feel like not only is perfect because we're siblings, but also is perfect because you are a therapist. (laughs) And this episode has 
like all of that stuff in it. It's mm-hmm. it's got sister stuff, it's got mom stuff, mm-hmm. it's got therapy stuff, it's got like grief management stuff and trauma stuff. Mm-hmm. And also uh when I watched it last night, I like bawled so hard. Bawled. It's like a was episode. I was wet. Like my shirt was wet. <laughs> It was, I, I mean, and this happens to me every single time I see this episode. So I thought that this was perfect for us to talk about. I I think I should, or one of us should do it. Do you want to do a recap? Sure. I, le- I Let me try. And if I fail, then you can do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> recap it. Because I didn't watch it last night, but I watched it like within this month, I think. Well, and also like how many <clears throat> times have you watched it throughout oh, your life? Oh, many, many, yeah. many. Okay. Yeah, so fine. this is... <clears throat> This is the episode that starts off with, um, I don't even remember the name of the species. The Cairn. On board. The Cairn, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so so it starts off with the Cairn coming to the Enterprise for some diplomatic reason. I can't remember why. Yeah, I don't think um, they really know why. I think they're, 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 they want to join the Federation or something. Or something, yeah. So they have to learn how to speak verbally. Yes. Okay. And Luxana is working with them because they have never uh, interacted with the species that only communicates verbally. So she's trying to help bridge the gap. Yeah. And she's kind of perfect for that. Yeah, she is. She's perfect for it. Um, And she starts kind of demonstrating some fatigue and and other sorts of things, other symptoms. Um, Also not wearing really, really crazy clothes. That was that was also a symptom. If you remember, Deanna was like, have you seen what, you what she's wearing? It's so subdued. <laughs> and that's like an actual symptom. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. I, it's um, adorable. I love it. So so then uh, one of the members of the Cairn, he has a daughter who happens to be adorable little Kirsten Dunst. Yes, yeah, um, very early. 1993 Kirsten early Dunst. Early Kirsten Dunst. It's like Interview with a Vampire Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, it's like literally right before that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Luxana ends up just going into a coma, and um, the Cairn guy—you might have to do the recap because I'm not. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. The What's guy. His name? The What's his name? Maquise. Ma- Maquise. That's right. Yeah. So he um, he came to Deanna and was saying like she has like areas of her that are shadowed, and Deanna's like, I think you're just talking about privacy. And which is cute. Which is, yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Um, and he was talking about repressed trauma. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> He's like, no, I tried to know. tell you it was yeah. dark. <laughs> you know, he was learning to communicate. Um, yeah, yeah. So Deanna then ends up having to go into her mother's mind to kind of pull her back out. And while she's there, she learns about... Um, uh, that she had a sister that she never knew about that died before she was forming memories. <laughs> I know. Um, but they're able to bring her back. And and then at the at the end of the episode, Deanna um, says to her, I want you to be able to talk to me about this. I want to I want to learn about her. Very beautiful. Yeah. Oh, and then they hug. And it's so sweet. They have a special <laughs> moment. Yeah. Oh my god. Like just crying just thinking about it right now. <laughs> and I mean, you know, Deanna and and Luxana have such a complicated relationship and I feel like that it it was just a very beautiful uh way to connect them through that. Yeah, yeah. I, totally. Um this is also actually uh Majel Barrett's last appearance on Next Generation. Was it? Yes, this was the last oh, time wow. she was on TNG. This is season seven. Um, and this is also the last time that Loxana and Deanna appear together on screen. Um, because after this, uh, it was the TNG movies and DS9. And Loxana comes back a few times on DS9, which we all know and love. Mm-hmm. Um, and her little crush on Odo and everything. I love that. Um, but this is their last. I think it's so sweet that this is their last moment together this mm. episode because mm-hmm. um, when I think about Loxana this is like my favorite 
Loxana episode. It's like this mm-hmm. one and Half a Life, and then the one where she's stuck in the turbo lift with Odo. Yes, those are <laughs> those are my favorite episodes of hers. Yes, yes, those are um, yeah. They're and they're all episodes where they kind of like dive deeper into. It's not just like her. Um, sitting in a mud bath with Alexander or like her chasing after the captain, the captain. Yeah. Um, they're all episodes where they really like get deep into her character. Mm-hmm. And I think this one in particular, so I, I was reading about it and they had this idea to do uh, an episode about um, trauma and going into someone's brain and, and sort of uncovering and working through internal suppressed trauma Mm. um but they didn't know who to do it with and originally they had thought about doing this with Beverly interesting um but they finally arrived at this place where they were like oh it's it's got to be Luxana and Deanna because they have this you know telepathic ability they can actually speak to each other telepathically and um they they realized that they could make the trauma for Loxana is something that wouldn't like make her character look bad or, mm-hmm. or look uh, like she made bad choices or something that it could be something really relatable and something really um, sympathetic mm-hmm. too as well. And I thought that the way that they set this up was just like absolutely perfect. And so heartbreaking, mm-hmm. so heartbreaking. Um, yeah. I mean, you can probably speak more to it like as a therapist and how I'm interested to see what you think about the way that they uh, set up like the visual aspects and, and like, especially like the barriers that she puts up Mm -hmm. too. like it to me, I was like, she, because always like Loxana as a character, you're like, she's manipulative, (laughs) but she's, but like still empathetic. Like I can still, yes, I don't, I'm, I'm not mad at her. I still, appreciate her and relate to her but also i'm like luxana she feels like girl, your come mom. on yes exactly. <laughs> i mean I your mom i don't about. i don't mean you specifically not i i mean we know <laughs> yes we know you're listening hi we love you <laughs> your mom is in the general episode- your mother <laughs> if she listens to any episodes of this podcast it's gonna be this episode. true this is true <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, we're going to be talking about <laughs> relationships with mothers. This is true. Um, but yeah, I do. It's 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 true. I in in some ways, Loxana does remind me of Nanai sometimes. Absolutely. So, but, but I, that's not not in a necessarily a bad way. It's right. just it's just that um, her 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 like what's a great way to say this boisterousness yet she's definitely boisterous she wants to be involved she wants to be there she wants to be included and she wants to uh she wants to be close and she also wants to uh talk about everything but only the things she wants to talk about (laughs) this is true this is true and 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 at the the core at the core of their relationship I feel like you know they they struggle um, in in communicating with one another sometimes, um, and which they is get frustrated awesome. with one yeah. another, which, which is, is so cool because they're telepathic. Yes, so it's it's like even when you can speak directly into someone's brain, you can still have trouble. You can still have trouble communicating. Yeah, and yeah. and I but I think like at the core of it, and I think they did such a beautiful job in in writing their relationship to have so many different layers at the core of it is, is really a desire for both of them to connect yeah. with one another. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like that episode, this episode, the dark page really goes deep into that. I mean, obviously Absolutely. like they're connected like <laughs> at a very, very deep level. She's walking through her repressed trauma. Yeah. Yeah. It's that. And also there's like, there's, there's at the same time, there's a need, both of them, they both want the best for each other. Mm-hmm. and they they know that in order to like be able to support that thing wanting the best for the other person that they do have to communicate but but there's always that point where they have trouble like looks on is always 
or up until this point at least, always looking at it from her own point of view and not really being able to see it from Deanna's perspective. Mm-hmm. And uh and and thinking like these are the things that I had and that's what I want for you because these things made me happy. Yes. And I think this episode really yeah, this episode really like made made it clear that they were uh or that they had to like really have empathy for each other. It's so funny because Deanna's literally an empath. Like that's what she's mm-hmm. called on the show. <laughs> um, but they actually are forced to be in that place where they have to feel what the other person's feeling in order to get past this yeah. this thing. Yeah. yeah. Like the moment okay, the moment where where Deanna like starts crying and, and she says, like, I just found out I have a sister I didn't know I had like th- I feel like that is like the part of the turning point for Luxana. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, shit. Like I was keeping this thing that Absolutely. was it was so painful for me. But it's not only mine. My thing to keep. She was your sister, too. So like mm-hmm. I was withholding this thing from you that was important. And that's not fair to you. Like she was she was repressing all of this pain because she didn't want to feel it. But she didn't realize that she was like taking something away from her, her yeah. surviving child. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I know. Right. Mm-hmm. Also, P.S. I do have to say one thing, which is that uh, that moment when they're in the Arboretum and Luxana is not supposed to be using her telepathic abilities and she does it anyway i i was immediately i was like that's my mother (laughs) (laughs) and she pretends like it's not a big deal she's like it's fine fine. (laughs) and deanna's like um they literally the doctor literally told you not to and she's like whatever it's cool (laughs) it's true it's true yep 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 i also feel like sorry nanai but I feel like I can see a lot of of uh, my relationship with her in Deanna and Luxana. Like I I feel like it's very relatable <laughs> because I you know I I feel like I I actually relate a lot to Deanna, um, just being a therapist and yeah yeah and just the way that you know the way that she she's very open and empathetic with everybody except her mother. <laughs> I feel like I can kind of relate to that. Oh, no. It's like something happens. You just turn off your... Turn off your uh, psychic ability. Uh, I mean... I I feel like in in all of Star Trek, this relationship is one of the most relatable and real... Absolutely. Realistic relationships. And very well developed, too. Yes. And also, like, and it, it doesn't hurt that Majel Barrett is wonderful. I love her. She she's, is she's so, fantastic. so fantastic. Because because like we want to know that like in the future that there are still like human relatable relationships that everything mm-hmm. is not. And this was something that like Jean, I feel like Jean would not like this episode because there's conflict in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, he he would have been like, she would have gotten over her daughter's death like a long time ago and she right. would not have repressed trauma. Or it just um, gets tied up nicely with a bow at the end. Yeah, yeah. And in this, it doesn't. Like, there's it still doesn't. work to be done. Yes, yes. It's exactly. just like the beginning of her grief process. Like, she's, yes. she's opening up to it. Yeah, and this is something that Lauren and I have talked about before. The whole, the idea of like, this is where the work starts as opposed to uh, now everything's fine. Right. Da, da, ta-da. Yes. Yes. <laughs> everything's fine. Everything's done. Um, and then also, like, we have to bring up that in Picard, uh, then Deanna and Will name their daughter Kestra. Kestra. Yeah. Which that is... made me cry. Me too. Like, oh, my oh, God. I was shit. They have a daughter named Kestra. <laughs> no. And Dan doesn't know about this. Dan didn't get that reference. So we're watching this together and I started like weeping and he was like, what happened to you? And I was like, Kestra. Kestra. And he was like, okay. I was like, no, but they named her Kestra. (laughs) Oh. So one of the things that I thought was really, really 
cool about this episode, um, and tell me if this is too much to go into, but okay. So I, um, I'm a music therapist and oh, this is I'm way too much to go into too much. It's too much. <laughs> so I'm a music therapist and I'm also, uh, getting advanced training in guided imagery and music, which is a, a specific type of music therapy that uses an altered state to generate spontaneous imagery, um, through music. So music is listened to, to help, um, get into this altered state. And then it's kind of like walking through a lucid dream. Um, and so you're, you're describing your imagery to the therapist and, and the work is done through metaphor. Um, and that's so cool. It's so cool. It's so cool. It's really, really powerful. Um, and, and, within the music therapy piece of it, it's, it's the music that really kind of pushes the imagery forward. But one of the things, um, within this, within this technique is that comes up for people are, are, um, defenses and the defenses show up, you know, obviously in your imagery, it could show up as like a lion blocking your path or a wolf. It was a wolf. As it was like a wolf, wolf yeah. blocking your it path. It was a to literal, get literally wolf. a wolf, <laughs> right? Or, or you know, it, it could it could mean like a shift in perspective. Like you're suddenly mm. you're face to face with someone, and then suddenly you're like above, and not. Or there might be like a black tunnel that you feel uncomfortable yeah. going into, so you turn around. Or maybe it your could, boss shows up and tells you to stop what you're doing. Exactly, exactly. So it, they're like, you know, within the imagery. Um, we put up barriers to things that we're not ready to see um, or not ready to to accept into our consciousness. Mm. So there, there are things that are hidden in our subconscious and, and within guided imagery and music. Um, we have defenses that that we put up to protect ourselves that are that are really important to be there. And I think it was interesting that they showed those defenses coming up for Luxana to prevent Deanna from getting there because she had already gone, right? She was gone. Yeah. She was in her subconscious. She was drowning in it. And yeah. she was trying to to stop Deanna from getting to where she was. Yeah. Which, I mean, it was just so powerful the way that they did it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's so cool that there is – um, there's that parallel between um, this experience that you've had and you're being trained in that's very real. And this is, I mean, this is a story that was written in like probably the early, in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I don't know anything about this writer, but like, I don't think she was a therapist. You know, this is she just to have like, a good grasp on, yeah, on these issues. Yeah, exactly. Because that all feels like, I mean, it feels like very uh, uh, fun to write and fun to shoot, probably. But it also feels so um, relatable and real. Mm-hmm. Like, and it also feels so Luxana. All of, I mean, except for the wolf. <laughs> I don't. I was like, okay, it's a wolf. Um, I, I, I just now thought that it would be funny if instead of the wolf, it was wharf. Um, <laughs> because she calls him Mr. Mr. Wolf. Wolf. That's true. It could have been Wharf with the wolf face. Oh, yeah, right. It was just <laughs> it's Michael Dorn's head on a wolf's body. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's scary. That's pretty scary. <laughs> but those the other two barriers feel very Loxana to me. Mm-hmm. Like that she would be like, oh, Deanna will respect Picard. Right. Like, because I respect him and I think he's hot. And what <laughs> so, was the last one? Her dad. Her dad. That's right. That's right. Oh, that was like, right. I was like, right. Luxana, this is rude. I was like, this is very rude and also very desperate. Very desperate. Yeah. Very desperate. And and I yeah. think that that goes to show like how, how, um, you know, our our bodies and our psyches are really um, driven to protect us mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. costs. Yeah. And, and that those protections are important, mm-hmm. you know, they're important and they're, they're there for a reason. You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times 
can result in like long-term unhealthy ways of of going about things like for example with Lexana like she she repressed this for so long and it hurt her more and I think that that's kind of a that's also a very true thing you know with with trauma with grief that ignoring it walking away from it pretending it didn't happen or or um you know, putting away all the pictures of the person that you've lost, like those kinds of things end up hurting you more in the long term. Yeah. And and they really showed that so well in this episode. Or reducing um, the amount of testing that you're doing for a virus or. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Or ignoring evidence. Can't just of, avoid of, it. <laughs> ignoring that there's no evidence of um, any problems with the election that you just lost or, you know. <laughs> but I, I think. I think Luxana, um, again, like she, she, they portray her just, she's a real person who, you know, has very complex uh, reasons for doing things and, and she's, she's wounded, you know? Um, And, and I, I think kind of coming back to the mother daughter relationship, I think the way that, that Deanna handled it once once she recognized that there was real trauma that she didn't know, yeah, she handled it so beautifully, like, oh. like not, not just as a therapist, but like as a daughter who wanted yeah. to connect to her mother. Like, like she used both parts of herself, I think, in a really oh, beautiful way. Right? <laughs> I'm like getting teary. Like she uses both parts of herself in a really beautiful way to help her mother, but also. But also, like, for herself to connect with yeah. that part of herself that she never, never had. Yeah. She has to, like, do so many jobs at the same time mm-hmm. in this episode. Um, there is that switch that gets flipped, though. Um, because, like, you see her um, and the way that she's reacting to Luxana. Like, there's that that part where, she, where um, like, right after Luxana, like, does the uh, telepathy thing. And she's like... Mother. Mother. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, is she okay? And she's like, oh, she's fine. But then as soon as she passes out, as right. soon as it's like something's really wrong, she's like, bam, here I am. Like, yeah. I know it's serious. Like, because she's she was noticing these these issues, these uh um these symptoms that were presenting, including her mother's outfits. <laughs> Again. I love that that's an actual that like that's good writing right there (laughs) is that Luxana is not like wearing some like bonkers like emerald green thing with Mm -hmm. like sequins like dripping down over her face and with Mm -hmm. pink hair you know which is normal like she's wearing brown she's wearing brown and she's wearing like no makeup and it's 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 a good representation of of grief too you know people stop taking care of of you know their physicality yeah yeah um but like as soon as that moment happens where she falls down and has to go to sick bay like she's like something's up like mm-hmm. something is wrong and I am I'm here now like I'm ready to like figure it out and she's determined and it's it's like it's so wonderful it's beautiful yeah also in addition I just want to say Picard is being a really good friend mm-hmm. in this episode. Like when he shows up to just be to just be like, uh, "Hey, I just had a little bit of news from sick bay," and also like, "I just want to see how you're doing." Like, yeah, what's up? And then he's like, "Hey, let's 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 you and me, let's read her journals from the beginning. Let's just see if there's anything there." And like Lauren <laughs> knows that I love a good friendship moment <laughs> in Star Trek, and that is like. That's lovely because that in that moment he doesn't he doesn't seem like her boss he doesn't right. seem like her captain right. he seems like her friend that's coming right. to see how can I support you yeah how can I help you mm-hmm. or like maybe even he's just saying this because maybe this will distract her mm-hmm. you know and then they end up finding the thing which is I don't amazing. I don't think that he that he was saying it to to for the purposes of distracting her I think I think that. He clearly had in. You his think mind, he was like, being a smart, smarty pants? I smart. I do. I think <laughs> yeah. you know it, that that same that same concept of like you need to 
you need to go into it. You know, you need to you need to drive into the skid, like steer into the skid. Yeah. In order to to be able to to get where you're going. And, you know, like I think, you know, by sitting down with her and saying, like, let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. Let's start at the fucking beginning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I loved that. I love when Picard is a sweet friend. It's that's one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, I th- I thought it was interesting that they chose Picard for that and not Beverly. Mm-hmm. Um, because normally I feel like it would be Beverly. Yeah. It would have been Beverly, but I'm not complaining. It's fine. I mean, Bev was busy taking care of Luxana, so mm-hmm. it's almost like uh, Picard had to he stepped pick in. up the slack. Stepped up. Yeah, but also like, where's Riker? Was I feel he, like I feel I mean, like he was like at Luxana's side, like he was. Yeah, wasn't he with her? Well, sh- no, and he was with that one. There's that one scene where Luxana comes in and like chews him out. In uh, so you, ten forward, you're the reason she never got married. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, oh my god, but he's probably um, also like, oh, <laughs> again. He's like, well, I mean, this. Is not surprising. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll marry her in one of the movies. Yeah, I'll marry her in the movies. We're we're just not there yet. <laughs> I still have a lot of aliens I want to hit on, <laughs> and we're fine with it. But like, yeah, I feel like there were there were a lot of options for like a best friend moment, and 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 Will like has been like written as her best friend. Will and Bev have been written as her two best friends. Throughout the series, it's interesting that Picard is the person, especially mm-hmm. since like you open the whole episode with Picard being like, oh, my God, is Luxana ever going to stop talking? I have trouble being around this woman. And but yeah, then- yeah, because like Picard and Luxana have a really complicated <laughs> relationship, too. <laughs> but yep. It is an interesting choice. But I, yeah. I think, you know, he he recognizes their relationship and he's I feel like throughout the whole series he really kind of had really gone above and beyond uh what he really needed to do to like with like allowing Luxana access to the ship and yeah and everything yeah. like that um, he does and I think that it's because he because he also yeah exactly his fondness for for Luxana but really his fondness for for Deanna yeah and yeah. how much he respects her it is that is absolutely evident in the writing throughout the entire series that like Picard respects the shit out of Deanna. Mm-hmm. And he knows how important she is to his to the crew. He knows how important she is to his work as captain. And just uh, to him as a person. Yeah. And like she's his confidant. It's mm-hmm. like it's he's basically when he needs to talk to someone, it's Deanna and Guinan, and that's it. He doesn't talk to anyone else. Mm-hmm. She like gabs with Crusher over croissant occasionally, but like, well, they yeah. also have a complicated. Life. I mean, they also smooch sometimes though, mm-hmm. and I love it when they do. I still, <laughs> I love it when they do. Yeah. Okay, so um, we have to talk about the sister part. Okay. Because, well, we have to talk about like the Kestra part. <laughs> yes. Like that whole thing. Cause oh my god, cause that's like some. If you're gonna if you're gonna like make a repressed memory, you're gonna you're gonna write repressed trauma into this character that we already love. Like doing it this way is like, oh my god, look, Sada, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know. So it's it's interesting because I, um, I've worked with a lot of. Uh, children who have died and their siblings and their families. Um, and one of the, the beautiful things that I feel very privileged to do is to help families create legacy to remember their children. And, and particularly when siblings are too young to be forming memories of yeah. their sibling who has died. Yeah. That like the opposite, basically, of what exactly, did. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, like, what can we create together? And and with with what I do, it's through music. What can we create together that that you can play for your child when they're 
older that they can remember their sibling who has died. Um, and it's it's so Aww. important. It's it's so important <laughs> I'm because like literally crying. <laughs> I mean, you know, like like exactly what happened with Deanna. You know, she went her whole life without knowing. And if you if you imagine if if somebody had been there for Luxana to help her process through that. I mean, she's such an independent person. I would imagine she wouldn't ever ask anybody to help her. You know, she has yeah. just this sort of like air yeah. about her. And in, you know, even with Deanna being a therapist, like I feel like she kind of rejects that. Yeah. And well, not necessarily rejects it, but she doesn't she doesn't necessarily, I think, understand it. And that's pretty clear. The fact that she yeah. has <laughs> repressed yeah. trauma that she's never worked through. She yeah. she hasn't like, gone there herself. I mean, she te- she she absolutely does um sort of dismiss Deanna's career in yes. general. Yes. Um, as being important. So uh whether or not that has has uh to do with like her feelings about therapy, like Probably, you know, mm-hmm. but but also like that whole part of Deanna's life, like Luxana has never really acknowledged. So right. uh, it makes complete sense. I mean, she's like she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're doing the thing on a starship, whatever. She's she's a commander. She's a lieutenant commander, you know, like she's she's a high ranking mm-hmm. bridge officer on the flagship starship of the Federation. Mm-hmm. And her mom is like, whatever, find a husband. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So like like yeah. she is a very successful she has a very successful career that's not important to Loxana. So it mm-hmm. it absolutely does make sense that like she's she's not she's like, no, 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 that's just all who She hasn't done the work yeah. herself. She hasn't done the work, yeah. 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 She's never like spent the time to be like, what does my daughter do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What does she do every day? <laughs> and why is anyway. it important? Yeah. And why is it important to her? Like, yeah. why is she doing this every day instead of looking for a husband? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, Luxana, obviously, when she when that happened, when Kestra died. I mean, I, I wonder what was her dad doing? Like, what was yeah, like, Deanna's dad doing what throughout was Ian it? up to there? Yeah. Because like, I wonder how how that? soon after did her father die? Um, how he, old was Deanna? I think she was five. She was very young. She was young. So, so she was okay. She was super super young. So maybe it was after her dad died that Loxana was like, "I'm deleting everything." That's that's kind of what I think. Like to have Ooh, two two yeah. huge losses. One right after the other. Yeah. I mean, it would make sense that she kind of fell into this uh, this deep depression and deleted all of her logs yeah. and everything that, that contained anything about Kestra. Yeah. Yeah. Because because she could um, she could do that with Kestra. She couldn't do that with with her father or with, with her husband. Deanna's with father. Deanna's father. Yeah. yeah. Um. Because like there's there's a whole I mean Starfleet that he was in Starfleet. Starfleet, There's there are records like you can't she can't pretend that he didn't exist too. So but with Kestra she can. But I think also I'm not speaking from personal experience obviously, but having been been present with a lot of people who have lost a children and lost a spouse like the lost a children, lost a child and lost (laughs) a spouse, like just the the grief is different. Yeah. Yeah. And with a child than it is with yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cuz so, it's you you're not expecting to outlive your kid. No. No. Like no. you're not you're not that's not that's not how that doesn't make se- it doesn't make sense in the, the timelines. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, it's oh god, it's so sad. It's so like Kestra would would have been how old was she? Seven. Seven. Yeah. And Deanna was a baby. Yeah. She was a little itty bitty. Yeah. She was a tiny tiny. The oh. end of the episode, I just, I, like, you mentioned this already, but I think the end of the episode is just so beautiful. Just the way that Deanna is like, tell me about her. I want to know everything. I want to know everything. Yeah. 
there were so many like little moments that like in this episode that um I mean it it does stand alone too like you can like sort of remove it from the universe and it still works yeah you know but there are so many little um written moments that are so specific to this relationship that I was so touched by like the moment when um she actually goes back to the memory of the day that Kestra died yeah. and and like she you see her go from watching it to being in it mm-hmm. when Deanna starts crying when baby Deanna starts crying and immediately she says little one mm. which is what she always calls Deanna and that mm-hmm. and Deanna gets mad at her Every time she calls her that, she's like, don't call me little one. I'm a fucking lieutenant commander, adult woman with a career. But you see her call Deanna little one in this context. And it's completely different. Completely different. Yeah. It changes her relationship with that name. And yeah, she is the little one of the two. I know. She's the little one. Oh, pair. Oh, and then it like totally, it totally all fits together. And then mm-hmm. she calls Kestra my precious one before she says goodbye. So she had special names for both of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. You know, it's, it's so beautiful. I, I am 100% not surprised that this episode was written by a woman. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like it doesn't, I don't think it, no, it mm-hmm. wouldn't have. I don't think it would have been the same. I mean, uh, just just the way that that she captured the relationship and like Luxana as a mother. I I loved seeing Luxana as a mother of little children. Yes, you know, and yes. I I thought it was interesting that they the choice that they made to to have Majel Barrett still playing herself, like as the age yeah. that she was, because yeah. she's in her memory. She's you know, yeah, she could be any age. She could be like mm-hmm. a hot young thing with a little tiny swimsuit on. Yeah, <laughs> she could. She could. Absolutely. This is your memory. You can be whoever you want. Uh, but she's still, she's still herself. She's still mm-hmm. herself. And I think that's. I mean, I don't know if this was. This was probably not on purpose. It was probably just because you know it was more money to hire another actress to do the thing and whatever. And we've got Majel here and whatever. But it it does support this. Um, this part of Loxana's character, which is that she is and always has been very confident in who she is mm-hmm. and is not um, embarrassed about herself and the way that she comes off to She doesn't really give a shit what people think of her. Um, and that's, that's a part of her that, that is like exceptionally strong. Yeah. Um, as a, as a woman, as an older woman, like she's very confident in her sexuality. She's very confident um, in, in uh, her knowledge and in, in, you know, her place in the, the universe, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that definitely supports that part of Laksana. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think too, just like the whole, um, the whole premise of the episode really supports that of Luxana as well. Like the fact that she, at this point in her life, after repressing this for however many years, probably like 30, what, like 30 plus years, plus years yeah. she is able to walk through that and come yeah. out on the other side, walk through it with yeah. the support of her daughter, which she wouldn't have been able to do it without her. Yeah. But she, it shows, I think it really shows her strength and her resilience that she is able to, to really go through it yeah yeah oh confront her her defenses and you know and be open and vulnerable and i mean she's she's clearly like scared about yeah yeah oh when she's like no don't i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to live this again i don't want to she just wanted to succumb to it she just wanted to and i mean almost it's like is that like like betazoid suicide in a way like just like Kind of right, letting go and and going to her inner world and not existing right? outside it's, anymore. It actually seems very Klingon. 
<laughs> Worf's, we joked in a previous episode that Worf's always got like a little suicide area set aside. <laughs> he does. So he's like, he's always ready to like end it. Just in case first. I need to ask Riker again, I'm just going to leave yeah. this right here. He's just got like, he's got his Klingon suicide daggers just <laughs> at the ready in case he shows a little bit too much weakness or he breaks his leg. <laughs> oh my god just in case like a big barrel falls on him he's just prepared he's prepared to die like a warrior <laughs> oh god Worf so many problems um, <laughs> so many problems here uh, um, so also the, the I think the other thing uh, I mean, there are lots of, there are lots of things about this episode that make me cry um, but, uh, one of them is like the whole moment where she actually like speaks to Kestra at mm. the end and, mm-hmm. and is like, I'm sorry. And that is another tried and true therapy technique. Like, yeah, <laughs> it really is. And that's, a, that's another thing actually that, that happens in GIM in guided imagery and music. The approach is used uh, and has been researched heavily with um, with trauma, and it through your imagery you're able to have those conversations with people who have died, and yeah. you're able to like even though you know that it's not really happening, it still is able to provide some level of. Uh, closure of comfort to be able to say the words to somebody yeah that has died and that's I mean it, it's so important for healing to be able to yeah say the things that you regret to say the things that you wish that you had been able to say yeah it's so yeah. important for healing so I thought it was beautiful the way that they incorporated that oh yeah absolutely absolutely that was I mean that was <laughs> that was like peak like weeping moment mm-hmm. for me too and like I mean I know she's not actually crying because like you can see that her face isn't wet or anything but like man Majel Barrett just like is ugh, a, a gem just a gem in these she's scenes so too she's so good ugh like the, the grief that she's able to portray mm-hmm. is just so palpable mm-hmm She's got such a range because she's also so funny. She is, yeah. She is, she is, her timing, her comedic timing is incredible. She is hilarious. (laughs) And then she, but then she can go, like, within the span of one episode, she can go from being, like, fucking hilarious to being just, like, Mm heart-wrenching and painful, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, what a woman. Oh, I love her so much. She is, I mean, she in my mind, she just is Luxana Troy. Like she, yeah, I know. She's I know. not actually a person playing Luxana. Like she, is I know that that's actually her. she just exists. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she's like a real a real person. Yeah. Okay, and then like it just makes me like just to think about like finding out as an adult that you had a sister, mm-hmm. like thinking you were an only child this whole time, and then finding out that you had a sister that you didn't know about, like that. that would be intense and you know I again I think I think this goes to show like how amazing and just amazing Deanna Troy is because she very easily could have met that information with anger absolutely right absolutely fuck mom yeah if this was written by a man if this episode had been written by a man, I almost completely guarantee that that would have been the reaction. Yeah. It would have been like, you lied to me right, my right. whole life. How could you? Instead of, I just found out I had a sister <laughs> and I want, I know. And I want to know all about her and tell me more about her. That I know I'm crying too. <laughs> Oh my god. Right? Right? Like yeah, that yeah. that uh 
that makes sense that makes sense to me as a woman and Absolutely. as a sister yes like and as a daughter it makes sense to me that like the 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 angry reaction doesn't feel right mm-hmm. i'm thinking about like if uh nanai told me like if i this happened to me and nanai or to you and nanai mm-hmm. we wouldn't we wouldn't be like how dare you right, <laughs> right. Right. I mean, those you feelings get out. Those you feelings know? might be there, but the way that the way that Deanna responded to it, she's yeah. like, "That's not. Those are not the feelings that my mom needs from me." Yeah. Like she, I'm sure you know she's a very she allows all of her feelings without judgment, and so I'm sure that you know if those came up for her, she processed them on her own without yeah her mother, and that's that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, she's she's like um okay, I'm a little mad but also I'm literally inside my mother's mouth right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, I mean, she's, and she's like she's, she's a little bit fragile. Yeah. <laughs> just, a, just a little. <laughs> she might she might be a little fragile. I may have had to go through several like intense roadblocks <laughs> that involved actual wolves. Actual wolves. Uh, I also I also think uh, not to to stray us too far, but I I think Maquis is awesome. I just I love him. Yeah, I think aw. he and the way that he supported them to do yes. that was so lovely. Yes, yes. I I loved the I I really loved his character. I'm I wasn't a huge fan of the production design of the heads of these. Aliens, though I was like, <laughs> I was little, like, I was like, is a little it little weird? Is your brain sticking out? I was, I would, I just was like, not sure what was happening. <laughs> is it like, can I touch your brain matter? Yeah, it's like your, is I'm, that, is that your, right is that skin? Is it brain? I don't know. Um, I also really loved the concept. <laughs> I also really loved the concept of an entire species that does not communicate verbally at all mm-hmm. and the the idea of having to uh bridge that gap and figure out how to communicate with them um and that in the future you still need a person to help with that that like universal translator technology stuff is not gonna mm-hmm. be the solution for it it's still gonna have to be a a person that helps to connect the right. the two cultures, right? Yeah. I will say though that the scenes where they like zoom in on all their faces and they While zoom in on his like when they're when he's trying to you know, when he's trying to connect the two of them telepathically and they zoom in on his face, I'm every time I'm like, ah <laughs> <laughs> he's like sweating and squeaking. Yeah, he's like look, he's so <laughs> intense. He's like Arr. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, do we have to do? And and both of them are so long. It takes so long. It's like, zoom in, zoom in, <laughs> zoom in, zoom in, and we're in the hallway of the Enterprise. <laughs> did they show? Did they show any um, follow up with how Luxana was relating to Hedril after she comes back? No, I would be curious to see how that interaction was like she realized like oh this child was a trigger for me yeah seeing her triggered this you know yeah yeah like why did hedril trigger this and alexander didn't well they kind of showed her looking the same yeah it's like well she's a a female child around the same age who fell into Um, who fell into a puddle <laughs> I wondered how she drowned in a puddle but that's not <laughs> beside the point no Hedril fell into a puddle <laughs> no it, but like Kestra what did she she fell into she drowned I don't, we don't really know like the dog like we're we're I think we're supposed to assume that like the dog was like really excited about something and ran and and Kestra was holding onto the dog and ran after the dog and was and then fell into the ocean. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And then the dog something I don't know. The dog was 
Did the dog die too? I don't know. <laughs> what happened to the dog, you guys? That dog was also growling a lot and very loud for its size. Probably I was like, I don't think that dog sounds a family like that. pet. <laughs> not a good family pet. No, no, not at all. It might as well have been the wolf. <laughs> oh my god, their pet was the wolf. That's why the wolf was. <laughs> We're just trying to explain away <laughs> this wolf problem. Wolf. <laughs> I still don't understand. They literally had an actual wolf. They had a wolf trainer a wolf. on the set. Nobody was allowed to come close to the wolf. Like the the scene where Kirsten Dunst is petting the wolf. They like they put those things together. Like she's not any. No. Well, nobody was allowed to, to pet the wolf. Yes. Nobody petted the wolf. I don't want anyone to touch a wolf. No. You're not supposed to. Don't. Don't touch wolves. We're not supposed to touch wolves, you guys. Don't touch wolves. Don't touch your face. <laughs> don't touch your face. Yes. <laughs> if you're... <laughs> Please don't touch a wolf. Uh, we don't need other reasons to be in the hospital right now. Okay? <laughs> this is true. If you want to touch a wolf, don't do it during a pandemic. <laughs> Wait till the pandemic is over when there are beds ready for you at the hospital for when you <laughs> touch the wolf. Ultimately get <coughs> mauled by the wolf after you touch it. Oh my goodness. Oh my god, so ridiculous. Um this episode is fucking awesome. <laughs> I love this episode. This episode is great. It's it's a because I, I I mean, in general, uh, I love when TNG does <clears throat> a bottle episode like this where it is all about internal shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I love yes. I love all the uh, the bottle episodes that are like interpersonal stories mm-hmm. or the ones that are really like character driven stories yes. as opposed to plot driven uh, like adventure stories Mm -hmm. you know although i love those too you know i'm not gonna lie i do love an adventure story but this kind of shit is this is my shit i mean this is an adventure too though it is an adventure adventure into her into her inner world yes yes nobody's firing phasers is what i'm saying yes (laughs) (laughs) nobody's beaming anywhere there's no like there's no like near warp core breach there are no coolant <laughs> leaks. Nothing's wrong with the nacelles. Everything's fine on the ship. <laughs> so I wonder what Deanna, how Deanna would have grown up if she had known she had a sibling. Like what yeah, would have changed like how, for her? Right? I mean, it may <clears throat> it may have like changed the way that she and her mother communicate with each mm-hmm. other. I if think anything. It absolutely would have. Yeah. I think they there would probably be a lot more openness. Only only good things could have come from that. Absolutely. Basically. Yeah. yeah. I know. And at the end of the episode, I think they're you know, they're at that starting point. Like yeah. we said at the beginning, like like it's it's I love when they end episodes showing that there is more that you don't see. Yeah. That will yeah. come. That will happen. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. If, if Luxana, obviously you said that this was the, her last appearance, but if she ever showed up again with Deanna, it would have that context. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I also love the uh, the symbolism of the, the two of them waking up holding hands. Yeah. That was beautiful. <laughs> Makes me cry. Because mm-hmm. like the thought is like <clears throat> they were both unconscious, right? The, I mean, they're connected, but unconscious. So like they did that on their own like mm-hmm. unless like Mayquis made them do it no no I don't <laughs> think so he doesn't seem like that kind of person Mm-mm. um but that's it that's such a, a a nice moment where uh like you you see the the like physical manifestation of of the connection that they've just made with each other mm-hmm. fucking finally after seven seasons of fighting <laughs> <laughs> After seven seasons of them undermining each other's authority. 
mother. Oh, a mother. I fucking love it. Well, I feel like we've we totally we got this episode. Like we covered it. This is like I love that we chose this one to do because like there's so much insight from your experience as a music therapist into an episode like this that I don't have like I don't know. I don't know what that I don't know. Apparently <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know how to speak words or I don't know about like uh you know imagery in therapy yeah. and and that kind of stuff and that's fascinating and it's fucking lovely that a lot of that ended up being accurate mm-hmm. it's i think it's it's wonderful. cool too for me to watch to watch the episode after having had so many personal sessions for myself of this technique of guided imagery and music and being able to see like this was really well thought through like yeah it was <laughs> it was very because like you know like I've been in those places in my in my unconscious and like the imagery is crazy and you know the the kinds of things that are yeah. really healing like those conversations yeah like yeah it's, it's just so well thought out yeah she has been on her dark page she has been in her private dark place in her mind in the shadows in the shadows yeah um, so if if any <clears throat> listeners are interested in uh, guided imagery in music, is that just something they can Google? And yeah, uh, find? it's called the Bonnie method of guided imagery in music. B-O-N-N-Y. Helen Bonnie was was uh, the pioneer of this approach. That's so cool. Yeah. I hope to do one of those one yes. sometime. I think that would be very cool. And also it sounds uh, scary. But... <laughs> <laughs> I can give you. I can give you. Sounds a scary. One sounds of, awesome. Yeah. One of my one of my friends. She. Uh. Well, she was my former intern, and she's still in the process of doing her session, her one time sessions, and they're all transitioned to online. So you could try it with her. Yeah. I've been doing you all heard, my sessions you online. It. You heard it here, you guys. You could do this online. You can. You can do them online. Yeah. yeah. So cool. Um. And uh, my sister is a. Licensed music therapist, if anyone needs one. I do telehealth. She does telehealth. She's doing a a, a toddler uh, music uh, online sensory development it's just class. Just for all toddlers, well, ages two to four, any, any kids, no matter what their ability level. Yeah. So make music. So yeah. cool. Dance she does things. super cool stuff and does really important work. And go find her out. She's on the internet. She's everywhere <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> her company is called Maestro Music Therapy. So go go find her and, and check it out. It's super cool. And if you want to know more about music therapy, there are a lot of resources on her website. If you want to read about it, music therapy is super, super cool and a really interesting field of study. Um, and, uh, I encourage everyone to, to check it out and learn more about it. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Well, oh my God, I a... love you. Thank you for being on my podcast. I love you. I hope I didn't say silly things. I hope you did say silly things. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good episode. It is such a good episode. I hope everyone has a safe holiday season. Have a safe December rest of the year. <laughs> I was like, have a safe December. Oh yeah, it's literally it's almost, the rest of the oh, year. Twenty twenty. Going I out would with highly a bang. Recommend staying inside and watching mm-hmm. all the Star Trek. Yes, if if you need to motivate yourself to not leave your house, just start from the beginning. Just start TNG. Skip the third episode. I mean, as we. As we say on this podcast, don't watch Code of Honor. Season one, Patrick Stewart, though. I know he's hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's, I know he's really hot. So, so sad. Find us in the collective at intothewormhole.show. On Instagram at intothewormhole.podcast. 
Into the Wormhole is brought to you by We Own This Town. She took the fucking test. She sent Jordy into the Jeffrey's tube and he died in the simulation. <laughs> Sorry, Jordy. Sorry, Jordy. You're fine, though. You're we fine. We love you. We love you. Ugh. 